0: Hello, I'm Rob Forsyth. Welcome to Liberalism in Question. In this half hour podcast series from the Centre for Independent Studies, we explore questions and challenges to liberalism today. My guest today is Warren Mundine. Warren Mundine is, as he said to me in my pre- read up, something of a Renaissance man. <laughs> he is a businessman, he is an author, he uh, has been the President of the Australian Labor Party and a candidate for the Liberal Party. He's just joined the Centre of Independent Studies and starting a program there. Uh, A a very busy man, and I'm delighted to welcome you uh, to this podcast, Warren. Thanks a lot, Robert. It's a pleasure. um, Let me ask you, what what do you take liberalism to be and why is it valuable if it is?
1: Uh, Look, I take liberalism because I always saw myself as a... Uh, a democratic uh liberalist uh, uh, even when i was in the labor party and, and because i was on the right wing of the labor party i see it about you know the the having the environment and the opportunities to um uh, you know to to and the freedoms uh, that you that, that you you get so for instance when the opportunities is that you're able to take you're in charge of your life you have the, the, the freedom to take the opportunities that are out there uh to and to pick the one you want to go in the course of and you know and yeah and you have a, a opportunity to go from a working-class boy like myself to a business owner and uh to and to have the opportunity to go to university in a, in a wide range of other areas of that. it's also about freedom of speech we have this opportunity to be free uh from uh, not all government controls, because we need to have some government controls in regard to policing rules and, and stuff like that, and the protection and safety of the community. But uh, you know, you you're able to, uh, to to give your views and have discussions and debates about them. You're able to be have freedom of movement and freedom of associations. You're able to have uh, you know freedom of conversations. And, and, of course, in a liberal democracy, you have the opportunity to elect your representatives in, into the parliaments the legislators uh, to make the laws of the, of the land. You have the opportunity to elect them out as well. Uh, and you, you have all these in, uh, uh, amazing freedoms that you can have. Uh, and that's what I see liberalism as. And you also have a liberal uh, economy, so you're able to set up a business, and you don't have too many restrictions and taxations
0: uh, on you. Now, have you always been so positive about liberalism? I mean, or, or have you come to it over, over the years?
1: I, I didn't quite understand what it was I, I, when I was a young man, of course, in, in my teens. Uh, uh, I was very much a Labour person. Uh, you know, I said, "No, no," I said, "I left." Type person, still very much in the right wing for the socialist labour area. But as I got older, especially when I went to university and did some study, I did a business management stuff, I uh, realised that I've always been a liberal person. In you realised it, you didn't become. Yeah, a I realised it. Yes, I realised I was because when I looked at what. That When you look at what liberalism is, classic liberalism, then I believed, I looked at it and I just said, tick that box, tick that box, you know, and I believed in uh, a the, the freedoms and uh, the uh, self-responsibility and control of your life that liberalism gives.
0: So although you were... Uh a proud indigenous man and a proud Irish man. You told me. <laughs> yes,
1: um, both of them. I got, I got some good blood in me. It probably means if it's an Irish blood. It probably means Viking that because they always just raid and rape and, and pillage
0: poor old Ireland. <laughs> I want to ask you: Does liberalism have anything to offer indigenous people? I ask the question because very often people, uh, when we face disadvantage or poverty, believe that liberalism is not the answer. What's needed is something another kind of political philosophy. Um, but 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 I take it you don't hold that view.
1: I don't hold that view because we've we've tried for decades in the indigenous uh, affairs area, especially from the sixties onward, uh, about improving the life of indigenous people. But what we've always done, and I say what we have thought about the collective of the Australian governments and, and people, is uh, looking at uh, uh, government control and government outcomes that could actually work for indigenous people and we know the result of that the result is it hasn't made too much of a change uh, and so what we need to have what i discovered needs to have because i studied uh and since the minzi restoration i studied what happened career Korea after Korea, uh, south Korea after the korean war in turkey with the rise of Atatürk. Uh, and and a number of other countries around the world, as well as looking at Indigenous countries, uh, Indigenous people around the world as well, similar to us who who, who have been colonised and taken over by a larger group of people. And I've come to the conclusion, the only way forward is not government oversight and government controls. It's actually uh, providing a liberal uh, economy and property ownership, and ways forward I saw in Japan how they did that. I saw in South Korea how they did that, how they powered house their economies forward. And when you do that, you're able to uh, you know provide jobs uh better living for people when you look at the OEC richest countries in the world it's it's not rocket science to work out they're also the best educated countries in the world they're also the the, uh, the best health in the world and on another wide range of scale. And, that's, and this is what we need to do with Indigenous communities. We need to uh, take the regulations off, uh, free them up from uh, these uh, government controls.
0: But I'm, I'm thinking, because it would be a big mistake for me to think of Indigenous Australians as just one situation. There's a very wide mm-hmm. ranging of circumstances. From people like yourself, at one end you might say it's very successful; to others, perhaps in the uh, difficult areas, in in remote and 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 uh, remote communities where things there's very high poverty, very high homelessness, very high unemployment. Does this model work for the the uh, remote and homeless uh, with homeless issues and uh, health issues? C- can it work in the in those situations? Have you seen you,
1: it work in those situations? Yeah, well, I have seen it working. you. Look at the young people of Northeast East Arnhem there, where they have actually taken over the mining on, on their country, the, the bauxite miners, and they've set up their own mining company. They're employing and training their own people. Uh, of course, they're still getting help from, from outside, from Rio Tinto and other companies, uh, uh, geologists and, 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 and scientists and so on, but they're... They're educating their people up to those standards, and they and they've got a, a very good board which which manages their assets, uh, and they also look at uh, you know they, they've done it with the building of their housing programs. They've done it with the, they've set up their own assembly, uh, which is uh, you know, similar to any other legislative assembly. So, so Warramundi, it
0: can be done, but just letting go and letting people free. Would not be enough. There needs to be capital. There needs to be investment. There needs to be a shaping and framework, and not so. It, it's not a simple matter of, of merely here's liberty. It's there's got to be capacity and ability. <laughs>
1: Correct. You've got to have the building capacity. When you're talking about uh, building uh, employment capacity, education capacity, that's what we—that's what they're looking. That's what they're doing. They're taking control of their education system and they're, and they're educating people for uh, the 21st century, not educating people for 2,000 years ago. Uh, so uh, they're also uh, they're, the movement is about uh, you know how do you how do you get investment in your place. And collective home, uh, collective ownership of property that is stifling uh, investments into any area. So, if you look at any country that has uh, advanced economically, it, land reform is a big issue, and they and they had to tackle land reform uh, so people would invest into their into their
0: into their. I, I'm right under Warren that uh, land rights are held communally, not individually, by the very nature. I think of. Um, which leads to me a question: Is it? I, I know I know very little about indigenous culture, perhaps less than I should. But as I understand it, traditional culture is very much to do with the group. Yes. That's, that's in fact how you survive in 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 the context. Yes. If you're right, does that mean, in a sense, that Aboriginal people have to change their culture to survive in a, in a liberal society?
1: They have to change their outlook live in a, in a liberal society and what i mean by that is uh you you can have collective ownership we had to have collective ownership in a liberal society and you only have to look at the national parks and and uh, certain public spaces and stuff like that but at the same time you have uh commercial private property spaces as well such as for business uh, industry and for uh and for home ownership and stuff like that so that's that's you know, that's not rocket science any advanced economy in the world have done these things I was thinking more I was thinking more of
0: of being proud of your culture I hear a lot of this about I'm proud of our culture a culture which apparently is unchanged for tens 20 30 40 50 thousand years although that's an interesting claim whether you can know it's unchanged but there you're unchanged but a great pride in a culture. Coming off the back of the culture being marginalised after the settlement of Australia, can you maintain a, prayer, a pride in Aboriginal culture and value your culture, and yet take part in a very different world of, of from a, of, of a basically a Western liberal economic and social order? You can, and
1: a lot of people do that. You you look at the. Uh,
0: do you have to lose something to do it? Or
1: how do you yeah. do? It? Well, you, what you what what you do is that you. Uh, uh, you still can control your culture. You look at you look at the, you know, the different religions and the different people that have come to Australia. They're still living under a liberal democracy, but uh, they're, st- they're still pr- practicing their cultural stuff. And what we get a lot of people get hung up on is that it, it that culture is stagnant and it stays forever. Right? Uh, that's in certain circumstances that is true. But at the same time, you can still have that within a liberal democracy because a liberal democracy allows you to practice your religious beliefs, your cultural beliefs, but at the same time it has uh, has a a private property sector as well as a public property sector. And and they can operate hand in hand for the benefit of the community. The idea that the community uh, controls everything so you've got a community of, say, 1,000 people. They have to vote on everything that has to happen within that. It is is a bit mind-boggling. So even the young people have actually got their own assembly of, of the elected leadership there that make, you know, it's like representative government that makes decisions on behalf of the citizens, so to speak. Yes. So it's, it's
0: in a sense has to, all of us have to evolve our culture as the society we're in evolves.
1: Yeah because, being, yeah, because being Aboriginal doesn't necessarily mean, and this is the vast majority of Aboriginals aren't this, that we are like in 1788. Uh, you now, there are some strong cultural uh, groups that are still around practicing what they were uh, talking about in 1788. But at the same time, they have evolved into a different area. So when you come to the the North, where you see the most strong, strongest uh, attachment to land in their culture, you will see that they are also entrepreneurial and very much into uh, uh, building their communities and making
0: them economic powerhouses. I'm Rob Forsyth. This is Liberalism Question. And my guest today is Warren Mundine. Warren, what you've just said to me about the value of liberal and entrepreneurial behaviour, uh, freedom in Indigenous people, is not the narrative I'm I'm hearing much of. I'm hearing a different narrative. Is uh, are you a lone voice or or a minority voice?
1: Well, I, I wouldn't say I'm a majority voice or a minority voice at all. I'm not a lone voice. You go into uh, Aboriginal communities and they talk about these things, and you and you see the benefits of it. You look at you look at the mining boom in Western uh, Australia, and there are over six six to seven thousand Aboriginals working in there. There is something like two thousand Aboriginal businesses working in that in that in those areas, and they're working on capitalistic, commercial lines. Is so, is one of the problems
0: that the majority? I don't know what to call it. Mm-hmm. I'll call it the settler culture. Try not to be questions. Mm-hmm. Um, in a sense, having neglected and abused, now very concerned to restore and 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 deal with the issue of the disparity which can occur between Indigenous and non-Indigenous. Are we still imposing our solutions then, what we think is best for you, and therefore not allowing this freedom that that is needed?
1: Uh, look, uh, look, in regard to a government and legislative approach, yes, you're 100 right. Uh, you know, what, what, it's you know, like uh, Einstein is credited with it. I don't know if he said it. You know, you know, you, you know the first sign of madness is that you uh, you do the same thing over and over again, hoping for a different outcome. Uh, so in, in a policy, a legislative approach has been doing things the same for the last 50 years. And we look at the closing the gap figures, it hasn't had much improvement. There has been some success, success but the biggest success uh, in the Indigenous uh, uh, policy area has been the economic success in regard to setting up Indigenous businesses and, and getting them to you know, compete yeah. in the marketplace. And that's been a massive success.
0: Warren Mundine, one of the proposed solutions, and even in fact on this podcast series, I've had some proposing this is a very significant way forward, is the proposal for a voice to Parliament in the Constitution that this this will this will be a very helpful way of overcoming. And that's not just one thing; those are voice at very various, various levels. I understand it's not a simple idea. That this will be a significant step forward. Do you share that optimism or, or that belief?
1: I I'm, I think, I think it's, kind of, it's a it's a it's a huge bureaucracy. I find it interesting that um, when you're talking about like a pyramid down to the from the local level upward or the uh, the apex town approach, it's something that um, we have been doing for 200 years with Aboriginal people. Uh, top top down, you mean? Yeah, it hasn't been successful, and it hasn't worked. And I always thought. That if any people in Australia who wanted to get away from government control, it's Aboriginal people, because we've been government controlled since 1788, and so you know we are sick of it. And there's a lot of Aboriginal people out there with the same mind as mine. So why would we replace a white uh, government control face with a black or brown control face? It's it's to me we want freedom from all this. There's one thing that was taught to us by the demise of ADCIC is that we want to get away from government institutions and control who control us, and we want to be able to be grown-up adults to be in this world. Now, you, at a time when you see more Aboriginal people getting into parliaments across Australia, I find it strange that people say we don't have a voice. In government. So for you, a voice to parliament would be, a, in
0: effect, not a solution, but part of the government control, which you regard as part of the problem?
1: Well, you only have to look at it. When you start building a used bureaucracy, then then the only best result of that is you get controlled by bureaucrats, and we've we've had 200 years of that, and we we need to break away from that, get ourselves independent. Uh, An individual uh, should be able to uh, build themselves a future and, and their kids a future. And should be able to run businesses and and compete in the open marketplace. Look, when you look at things, capitalism has been the biggest lift of people out of poverty in the history of humanity. It's been the most successful. You look at all the other isms, communism, whatever you want to look at, and it it has been the capitalist society, the free liberal capitalist society that's done more. For lifting people out of poverty, it even has built a very solid welfare area for people who uh, fall on hard hard times. You can't get that in any other society. It's only in this this liberal, uh, capitalist, democratic societies that these things happen.
0: One of the reasons that I've heard advanced for something like constitutional recognition, voice to Parliament, is that there's a problem in a very deep problem in Australian liberal democracy. It's a problem of legitimacy that, um, however you look at it, this nation was based upon an act of dispossession without permission, however well intended. Some were, since they were very well intended, others completely the opposite. They were um, violent and, and and terrible people. And there's been a kind of great act of violence, which I think I think we're learning to face. I, th- I think that's that's to be said. Firstly, do you think that's right? There is a problem of legitimacy, and will something like a constitutional recognition in some form help heal that problem?
1: Uh, that's that's a $64 question. Uh, it is, uh, look, the, the issues are the only way to lift a society out of poverty and to build an economic base and have economic growth where the members of that society profit from that uh, and better health and better education is by having a liberal society. It, the the, the okay. argument about that, that is a, a simple fact of any study of history. Uh, so when people say that the, because of the way Australia was, if you want to use the word invaded, colonised, and, and, uh, and, and there were some horrible things, dreadful horrible things that happened within that in that period, and even up until the 1960s, we, we still had these archaic uh, 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 protection laws, agricultural protection laws, and welfare laws uh, to deflate that into say, "Well, a liberal democracy doesn't work." Is is in, is the cause? But I'm I'm not so much is, saying that, is, with,
0: that there's there's a, a problem with the legitimacy of our state. Of our look,
1: look i just it is said there, 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 there's no, no problem to me about the legitimacy of this state what happened has happened to every race of people in the history of humanity you know we i bet you when we first fell out of the trees uh, that one guy picked up a stick and decided to start beating another person up it is about what what is uh, uh, that that doesn't has doesn't give any legitimacy to the argument about against the argument about liberal democracy because when you look at it, if you look at native title, native title only exists today because of the liberal democratic legal judiciary and the, the, the fact of Lockean law in regard to English common law. It it come out of English common law, uh, native titles. So this idea of native titles is an aboriginal legal system. It's nonsense. It's not. It, it is a liberal democracy. Uh, English common law decision. You look at the marco decision, that was a, a decision that was made through a liberal democracy. Land rights legislation, that was made through a liberal democracy uh, because we had, in a liberal democracy, you have these structures. Yes, so. They're, they're not perfect, but we are okay. able to correct things. They able to And
0: it did seem in the early parts that the very Lockean understanding of private property blinded the settlers to Understand the nature of relationship of ownership of the land, if you could use that word, of, of, of the old people who were here
1: before them. Oh, there's no doubt about that, there's no argument about that. But the issue is that, uh, sure, you can argue about the t- time frame and that, but uh, the, the actual facts of that, so we have a liberal democracy here, the structures
0: fixed. So, Warren, is your, your argument to the person that the, the somehow there's a, something illegitimate about Australia's settlement that needs to be healed by by a act of some sort of constitutional recognition of that, you don't think there is a need for that, and you're kind of saying, look, every nation has since violence at its founding?
1: Namely only a nation that didn't have violence at its founding uh, and over a long period of history. There's not a nation in this world that has not had a violent uh, birth it has not had a, a after the birth a huge uh, post natal problems uh, and, and and the thing that resolved a lot of these issues uh, I mean uh, were was the development of liberalism you know and the development of uh, liberal democracies the rule of law. And, and having uh, free enterprises, so people could build businesses and lift themselves out of poverty, or lift themselves out of their status in society. Actually, to bring uh, a so bit those,
0: and there are quite a number uh, amongst Indigenous identifying people who are complaining about the founding of this of this nation and the unfinished business. Your, your word to them is is you've got to accept that because it's it's common to all societies. And look at, look at what will make our lives better. Is i understanding you correctly.
1: Uh, look I'm not saying that you know, there is a minority of people and I, I say that quite frankly because when you get out into aboriginal communities and Aboriginal societies, this very idea uh, that we've got to pull down the structures of this society or, or shift the structures of this society. It doesn't in, in their day-to-day life it doesn't they don't even think about it. It's it only these people who benefit the most from the liberal democracy. Uh, who uh, get very high paid jobs who are sitting in academia you know uh, and and they're the ones who uh who dream up these ideas you know every aboriginal person even just about every white person will, or whatever person is in australia will recognize that australia had a a, a tough beginning but uh, you know and i'll put that politely you know there were there were horrible things that were done there were uh, Taking of people's country, destruction of languages, destructions of human beings, pillaging, and, and so on. Uh, uh, no one disputes that. Every, everyone uh, recognises that. But Then to 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 jump across to say, "Well, okay, uh, liberal democracies don't work for Aboriginal people" is a massive. Do you think?
0: You say no one disputes that. Um, there was a phrase coined some years, many years ago, decades ago, called the great forgetting, when there was a time when I think Australians did forget it in some form and there's been a lot lot more, in history, lot more discovery. Do you welcome that? that uh, 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 we're a, a more honest look at these issues, even though you're saying they don't delegitimise for a moment the world we've now got, the liberal society we've now got.
1: Well, it's the best society in the world. The, the history of mankind. That's but, I mean,
0: do, 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 do you welcome the, the research into the early years um, oh, yes, of course. As, as we, we, a way we, of going forward in some way.
1: Well, you've got to recognise your history. History is one of these, these boring old things that it, it's just there. It, it's just fact and it's there. And, you, and it, it, no, no matter what you do, you can't change it. You know, Stalin tried to change it. Mark do try to change it. No, it doesn't. It's never worked. It's never worked. You just recognise it's just the fact. You just deal with the facts. You don't. You don't uh, uh, sort of play games with it. You know, the fact and right. try and go back to the beginning because
0: so, the, so you're, you can't go you're, back to the beginning.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you're saying, Warren Mundine, yes, the brutal facts of the settlement of this country can be understood, in fact, ought to be understood. They are facts, can't <laughs> be denied. Uh, and you welcome that at the same time. You're saying that does not, for a moment, take away from the strengths of the liberal society that eventually arrived in, in a form with, with those invaders or settlers?
1: Well, happened, because you look at what happened since, uh, you know, no society, humans, as soon as you put human beings in charge of anything, it, it's not a perfect society to start with. There's no perfect society. You know, everyone talks about the utopian dream, about the utopia, but when you put a human being in there, it, it's It's not. It's like Churchill in his description of democracy. It's the worst form of government in the world until you look at all the rest. You know, no one's arguing the case that it's perfect. But what we're arguing is that the structures that you put in place are the things that help you to improve. And and, and even judges admit that. You know, judges are not perfect. They'll say that because they have appeal courts. Yes, I understand. Space can be made. They can check on that just to make sure it was right or wrong. And that's, and that, that's an
0: a amazing structure, you know. Now, that, as we've got, unfortunately, my time is, is passing very quickly. It's been very, very interesting indeed. Can I ask you, Warren Mundine, are you optimistic both for the country as a whole and for the place of Indigenous people in the in the country?
1: Oh, look, I have no doubt about it. We, we have a great country, uh, you know, and we are moving rapidly ahead. You know, one of the things that I say to people, and it's not only me that says everyone says that in a Western democracy, people aren't getting on boats and leaving the place. They're actually getting on boats and coming to the place. They're voting with their feet.
0: Yes, that's the word. And do you hope that things like the the, the gap will be will be closed? Do you think there, there could be a revolution in Indigenous affairs that might bring actual outcomes?
1: Yeah, there is, and it's happening right now. A lot of Aboriginal people are opting out of, of, of these uh, nonsense debates about racism and all this other stuff, and they're actually get, getting out there, building their own businesses, running their own businesses. Uh, they're failing as well as being successful because it's a risk. And then they, when they fail, they get off, their, get off their knees like everyone else does and they have another go. Uh, these people are the true leaders and the true people who will uh, lift Aboriginal people
0: of poverty and they will be the ones who will close the gap. Thank you very much, Warren Mundine. This has been another podcast in the Liberalism in Question series from the Centre for Independent Studies. My guest has been Warren, Mr Rob Warren Mundine, AO, by the way, uh, author, businessman, and I think a man with a real vision for this country and his own, well, the people he identifies with in this country, Indigenous people, as well as the Irish people. This has been another podcast from the Centre for Independent Studies. For decades, the CIS has been an independent voice working to deliver evidence-based policy within a classical liberal framework. We rely solely on the generosity of people like you for donations to advance our cause. Head to cis.org.au to see how you can get involved. I'm Rob Forsyth. Thank you for listening.